Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. We have a, a very fun episode today. As promised, because I know that we've had a lot of very serious episodes. Now, as is pretty normal for this podcast, we end up getting pretty deep at the end. So, just to let you know what's coming up on this week's episode, Steve is back, number one. First, we quickly talk about the inauguration. Then we have a bit of a laugh about Kellyanne Conway, uh, Kellyanne Conway's daughter posting her mother's verbal abuse on TikTok uh, I mean, you don't really need to see that in advance, but if you do want to have a quick look, you should have a look. And we talk about um, all issues related to uh, modern parenting versus the parenting that we grew up with, uh, and a lot of issues that are brought up by um, the 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 reaction to Kellyanne Conway's uh, these videos going up by Kellyanne Conway's daughter. Uh, and then we get into a, a serious conversation about identity inspired by the fact that I have learned a little bit more about my ancestors this week. And I had a great surprise, uh, particularly in relation to my great-great-grandfather, which is a bit of a uh, follow-on from last week. I was inspired to do a bit more digging um, in relation to what we talked about last week in terms of my grandmother's family on my mother's side. But actually, I discovered some information about my father's side almost accidentally, through uh, my little bit of research. Can I also say that I was very grateful for all the wonderful messages, like a really big response to last week's episode. So thank you so much for that. Uh, we do love feedback on this podcast. DMs to me on Instagram, DMs to Steve. Um, it does mean a lot. It makes you, uh, it reminds you that people are engaged. I mean, we know how many people are listening, but, you know, it just, it is nice to get them. Uh, positive and negative, by the way. Uh, and also, can I just say before I introduce Steve that we're always open to suggestions about what to talk about or questions that you would like us to answer or joke about, uh, anything like that. Please do engage. And uh, don't forget that I have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Des Bishop. It's late in January, but if you're thinking of subscribing, I recommend subscribing on February 1st because Patreon has this uh, awkward billing situation where if you join on January 31st, you still get billed for January. So this February 1st, think about subscribing to Patreon, uh, my Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash Des Bishop. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I do a YouTube live only accessible to Patreon listeners, uh, Patreon subscribers, uh, for a half an hour discussing usually the uh, big issues of the day. Uh, Trump is gone now, so... I'll have to dig deeper into the into global news to have some stories to talk about. But anyway, guys, I am very grateful for uh, such a strong response. And uh, thanks, everyone, for the motivation to uh, pursue a documentary. I have actually contacted somebody, and we are going gonna, gonna to try to put something together. Uh, so this is me and Steve talking about the inauguration, Kellyanne Conway's daughter's TikTok, and then a very serious conversation about identity. And by the way, guys... This conversation about identity, we are talking about a, a sort of a, a an idealistic modern Irish identity, and it is a it is a it is an open space to discuss it. So, if at times it feels like we're dismissive of a traditional Irish identity, that is not what's going on. It's just a kind of a brainstorming session about identity moving towards the future, and also just a quick uh, correction. When at the very beginning of the podcast, Steve brings up the causes of World War One, which came out of nowhere, because uh, he didn't even know we were going to talk about identity. Uh, I said Archbishop Ferdinand, not Archduke Ferdinand. So I apologize. I'm too lazy to edit it. Guys, enjoy the app. Steve's Steve is here, back in the house. I missed you, Steve. 
Oh, bro, it's been a it's been a while. How are you doing? You're back in college now, right? Back, yeah, it's full on. There's no, there's no. The holidays are well and truly over. Here's a couple of assignments, lads. Crack on. <laughs> right. What, what, what are you working on at the moment? We're not going to talk uh, about them today, Steve. But I'm just no, curious. we're not. Well, I'm just finished because we had finished Emma uh, the book by Jane Austen, so I'm just finishing that, and then I'm on to the causation of World War One. Oh, the causation of World War One, man. That's that's interesting. You know, because it is interesting. It's, it's bloody the beginning of it's the beginning of issues that we're still dealing with today, Steve. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Brexit, every, the whole lot. Absolutely, Everything. it all comes yeah. down to fucking Bismarck's complicated, Bismarck's yeah. complicated diplomacy and how nobody could deal with it once he was gone. The fucking Schlieffen plan, huh? Huh? There we go. So, Steve, we're going to save that for a bonus episode, the cause of the World War One. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone thinks it was because Archbishop Ferdinand got fucking assassinated, but that was just the spark that, yeah, yeah. that finally yeah. started the fire. But they've been building up the fucking kindling for decades. I know we're not going to go into this, but actually somebody raised a good point in class yesterday where he said, like, obviously nationalism was a huge reason why World War I started. But he was saying that nationalism is actually a relatively new concept. I never even thought about that. Like when, because, for example, Irish people way back when would have belonged to a clan. You wouldn't have thought about yourself of, as being Irish. You thought of yourself, I'm from the clan of, of Bishop or, or Mullen or whatever, you know. Um, so this whole idea of the identity being with the nation is uh, relatively new. It's, uh, which I didn't is, even think about that. Which is so interesting that you bring that up because that is actually going to be at the heart of what the, uh, the eventual message of, this, of today's episode will be. Wow. So it's very interesting that you bring that up. And interesting. like I said, this will be another discussion because we, people don't realize that we buy into the concept of the nation state. The oh, nation absolutely. state is a relatively new phenomenon. So it's great that you're touching on that. And we're going to have some deep episodes in the future. But for now, Whoa! after three <laughs> weeks of super intense episodes for me, we're fucking bringing the temperature down here, Steve, because a message of <laughs> unity, a message of unity has just been broadcast through international airwaves at the inauguration of Joe Biden. Did you watch it? I just got the end, literally the end of it there, and uh, typical COVID times that we're in, he, uh, Obama came over for a hug, and I was like, "No, no, don't do that, fucking." Hell. Well, they were all okay. a bit, they were all a bit intimate, in in my yeah. opinion. However, they were outside and they were masked, and for example, Mike up. Pence is already vaccinated. Oh right, okay. Could yeah, Mike bracket. Mike Pence is uh, vaccinated. Biden, Biden, Biden is vaccinated. Biden is vaccinated. Yeah. I'd say Kamala's vaccinated too. So there was there was a number of vaccinated people there. So right. let's not rush to judgment. Let that be, as was Joe Biden's message. Let that be a sign of a more positive future to come. Absolutely. He that quoted vac- Joyce the other day as well, didn't he? When he was leaving Delaware. What's that? He quoted Joyce as well the other day. Oh, he's he? big into the Irish. He loves his Irish poems. Eh. He's big into the Irish, which. Uh, Later on, I, w- I do want to discuss, did you see the, the, the uproar on Twitter today about the Daily Telegraph gave a list of reasons why Biden will be good for Britain? Oh, did they? That's funny. Yeah, but one of the, one of the, one of the reasons why, no, sorry, one of the, it was, I think, 10 reasons why Biden will like Britain. And one of the reasons was uh, Joe Biden's great-great-great-grandfather uh, went to America fleeing from the Irish famine. <laughs> as if that was going to be a reason why he liked us because at that time uh ireland was part of great britain as if irish americans have any positive associations between great britain and the irish famine fuck me read no one in the daily telegraph has read a book that's amazing but fuck that's him. that's also going to come back to to what i want to talk about later but i do have to say that i am under no illusions that joe biden is the answer to all our problems i'm under no illusions that Government is flawed. I, I was thinking of a funny tweet, something along the lines of, I look forward to just being disappointed in government rather than mm. fucking furious. Yeah. Or scared. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the, he, he's going to do his best, but like, and I, I, I get it. I know that there's just so much wrong with the way we're governed and how systems work, but for everything that's wrong with it, I just... I, I always want to know to people like what what's this great revolutionary system that you have in your mind? So w- within this flawed system that that works in an unequal way, at least we have somebody that has like ambition to mm. try to make it better. You know that that that's what I was getting from his speech. He has an ambition to try to get everybody involved and to try to well you know lower the temperature being the most immediate thing that and the coronavirus. What were your yeah. feelings? I mean, I know America is not 
your country and no you know, but it's but it's like it's the kind of it's one of the leading in, uh, countries in the west and it's kind of uh, in, in a lot of ways because we have been studying a lot of political philosophy a lot of ways it can be said that america certainly the last four years is a great advertisement for all the failings of democracy you know because it's it's not the perfect system it's not it's it's just not it's it's um you know even the concept of like the way that we vote that the majority wins that doesn't mean that that can't be a tyranny on a minority you know yes. and so there's all, all these all these little caveats that that make democracy um you know complicated and one you know of my, the last one, one of my jokes that i had in the early part of the trump years was uh that when i was living in china you know you'd always you'd always have to debate Chinese people about democracy because obviously they have their own of views of democracy. And part yes. of the propaganda that they're educated with is that democracy is a system that wouldn't work for China because it's too large of a nation with, would you believe, too diverse a population, too much yeah. diversity of needs. So democracy just wouldn't work. That's why you need to centralize Chinese government, right? So they grew up with that. So they always argue with me about democracy. And obviously I would argue back that it's a flawed but preferable system. And I was so glad that I didn't have to debate, first of all, in my second language, and second of all, uh, you know, in at a time where it would have been impossible to defend after Brexit and after Donald Trump. Because I know those Chinese would be like, how's your democracy now, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I watched a, a documentary actually on the uh, on uh, Russian people who, who were part of the, essentially the trolling companies that helped a lot with the campaigns that happened in 2016 and all that kind of stuff and did some of the hacking. But they're very funny because you see people my age kind of taking the piss out of democracy. They're kind of going, oh yeah, where are you going to go with your fucking democracy, you fucking idiots? Putin's the man, you know? Yeah. Like, but it's just it's just a complete, it's just a different perspective, you know? And they do see the flaws in democracy in a completely different level than we do. So Interesting. Uh uh, just very quickly, Lady Gaga's national anthem was fucking incredible. Did she sing it? Oh, right. Oh, wow. You didn't see that, bro? Oh my I god! I just saw. I just saw the preacher. That guy that was on there. Who's he? he oh was yeah, he, yeah. He was a good preacher at the end. But Garth Brooks sang "Amazing Grace," and he was really oh, like. Oh, that was re- that Garth Brooks. I saw that. that I didn't realize Brooks, him. bro. <laughs> you didn't he know was who that huge was? in the nineties in Ireland. <laughs> Huge in the nineties, bro. Only five years ago, he nearly took down Aiken Promotions. He wasn't just huge That's in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember line dancing was huge in the 90s here? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's my. still huge in Connemara, just so you know. <laughs> right, well, yeah, my, but Garth, my parents thought, ended up teaching it and all. <laughs> I mean, it was, I, I thought it was very strong uh, inauguration yeah. in, the, in the sort of message of unity and the fact that Garth Brooks was singing Amazing Grace. And then he asked everybody there to sing the final verse of Amazing Grace with him. He did say to sing it at home. I, I didn't sing it because <laughs> Hannah was there and I would have felt too awkward, you know? But uh, but I was feeling the emotion of it, and I was feeling the power of, you know, Garth Brooks is just, he's more representative. I would I would think there's a high percentage of Trump supporters that love Garth yeah. Brooks. So that's a strong message that he came there to support unity, and that oh, very yeah. much was the, the message that he was putting across. Even though quietly, I'd say he's... He's probably more of a Biden fan than a Trump fan anyway, but Right, okay. But I don't know. I'm not I don't want to put I don't want to put uh, his 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 electoral choices out there when I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool that they had Garrett Brooks doing it. I do like I was watching the ceremony and I, I kind of it's easy to be cynical about a lot of these things, but I actually really enjoy it because it's like we do moan about governments and all that kind of stuff, but it is like these types of ceremonies are a like a a recognition of like you know mankind coming together to recognize something that we all do. We've all decided it's it's cool. It is emotional. I watch yeah, like the I mean, royal weddings I, and everything. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, can I just play devil's advocate just for a sec and say it was a lot of pomp. You know, and I was thinking yeah. like, wow, I don't know if I watched this properly that often because there was certain elements that felt a bit like royal wedding, a lot right. of pomp and ceremony. So I can see how some people might be put off by that in that yeah. it's like, do we need this this lineage to these hundreds of year old traditions because so many people yeah. don't feel uh, that they're actually part of that you know they feel that they've been left out by that but that's just me playing devil's advocate because i like you was feeling the sort of there was something reassuring yeah. about it this sense of yeah okay yeah. we're coming back to to what we know and while not perfect it wasn't like what we just fucking you know left which was four years of essentially the the governing of a, a call a person who calls into the rush limbaugh show with his like ranty ravey opinions on how to run a country you know yeah, yeah. 
No, it is. It's a huge marker. It's a huge marker. Oh, so cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it now. So before I, I, I tell you my story about what I've discovered about my ancestry and also about my identity. Oh, well. Can we quickly just discuss the, uh, did you see the, the, the Ke- Kellyanne Conway's daughter's TikTok? I've just, I didn't see her TikTok. I just saw some videos of her on YouTube, like when her mom got coronavirus and stuff like that. Um, she's fair play to her. She's cheeky. <laughs> no, but so she, she so I think yesterday, she, yeah. So yesterday she put up these, like these, these TikTok compilations of like how verbally abusive her, her mother is. Um, really? Yeah. And so I, I tweeted, I tweeted that, uh. You know, it, t- it took Kellyanne Conway's daughter's TikToks to make me realize how supposedly normal parenting was fucking horrible in the 80s. Because <laughs> all these fucking, all these millennials and these Gen Zs are on Twitter now, like literally like ripping Kellyanne Conway, another one, about how verbally abusive she is to her daughter. Which, by the way, I, I agree with them. When you hear it in the cold light of day, it's fucking horrific. Uh but what was she, I what also, was she saying? Well, I, I can't, you know, you, you, Steve, I told you to fucking listen to it. I, I didn't know I was going to have to repeat Kellyanne Conway's abusive parenting. <laughs> I, I just, I, like, I don't have TikTok, so I didn't, I didn't go on. No, it's on Twitter too, but no, but, right. uh, but uh, I, I, like, I couldn't help but when I, when I heard it, I was like, okay, this is terribly abusive. That's obvious. Right. Uh, I guess I was terribly abused because this was kind of par for the course. I mean, the one thing that was like obviously a bit too far was uh, Kelly and Conway once they said, you're lucky I'm pro-life, insinuating that like she would have preferred if she she had gotten rid of her. Jesus Christ. That's harsh. Yeah, that, that, yeah. (laughs) And it was just like a lot of like effing and blinding and, you know. And obviously the daughter shouting back as well. No, that's the thing. The daughter is already a propagandist because she's not actually showing whatever. Good editing. I'm not saying that there's any sense of whatever instigated this abuse meant that the abuse was warranted. However, she has not shown any of her side of (laughs) driving her mother crazy. And again, I'm not suggesting in any way, shape or form that what Kellyanne Conway did was acceptable. I am just pointing out that it was very similar to my upbringing. That's all yeah, I want to yeah. say. Uh, yeah. I actually, when I tweeted it out, somebody had messaged me back, like, you know, w- with some like with some like review of, uh, you know, like, oh, you mean like like not teaching your children how to express emotion so that everything's locked up inside, you know? And I, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a list of sort of like negative parenting, and I thought they were coming at me. You know, I thought it was like a Gen Z coming at me, yeah. you know, suggesting that I was saying that it was just normal, right? Because I had deliberately put normal in quotation marks. But as it turned out, it was a 38-year-old woman who was basically being like, yeah, like my upbringing too. So she was just agreeing with me. Right, I just, okay, okay. You know, because nuance can be hard to to notice sometimes with the... with Fun with, on Twitter, yeah, yeah. funny enough. <laughs> I was actually People like... People don't get nuance I, on Twitter. <laughs> I got a bit protective and I was like, uh, yep. Uh, that's part of what I was talking about. Hence the, <laughs> hence the quotation marks on normal and the word horrible. I actually I went in and I I protected myself. But she's like, no, no, Tess, I'm with you. I'm on your side. But somebody somebody tweeted at me it was like, like calling, w- wishing that you had aborted your child is normal. And I was like, okay, I get it. It's super harsh. But my mother literally used to pray in front of us. Oh, I had the same thing. My mother used to pray in front of us and say, God, why have you punished me with these children? Like she literally like asked (laughs) God, oh, actually she always said, what have I done to deserve these children? Like literally as if we were punishment for her sins. Oh man, because my my family were like evangelical. So my mom would like put her hand over my head, you know, when I was misbehaving, like in the name of Jesus, stop. And I'm like, would you fuck off? (laughs) (laughs) So which would you prefer to have an like, a, a, a mother effing so Kellyanne Conway's mother's literally like fucking you know fuck this fuck that and like there's one moment where she's like as wound up as Conor McGregor's sister on a on a WhatsApp audio. Uh, <laughs> That's the funny that makes me laugh every time. That yeah, so there's there's one bit where she I can't I don't I don't know exactly what she's saying but she's like fuck yeah like she's going fucking mental you know and uh, and uh, so which would you prefer your fucking weird born again Christian parents praying over you? Or your mother just fucking going nuts from time to time? I don't know. Probably, mm, 
I'm probably going nuts because it's just all out there because the, the whole brain over your head thing <laughs> just gets into your head for 30 years later, you know? Every time you're having a wank, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, so now can I also point out <laughs> that I just felt like I, I, I do honestly think it's fucked up in a way what's happening that this uh, Kellyanne Conway's daughter is just posting these things on TikTok because obviously she's posting them on TikTok as Kellyanne Conway as Kellyanne Conway, right? And she's getting huge amount of traction because we all love to hate Kellyanne Conway because yeah. she was so disgusting for the most of the Trump administration, lying like the best liar I have ever seen. Like yeah. the most disgusting, despicable spin turned everything into a what about this? You know, like literally no criticism would land on her. It would always turn into, what about Obama? What about uh, Pelosi? Yeah, what about, yeah. you know, it was always, uh, she was the master of Never deal with the issue. So she, I, I am not a Kellyanne Conway fan. I, I find her to be like literally the swampiest of the swamp in terms of Washington and the games that they play. And I'm not buying for a second that her and her husband are really in disagreement. I felt like the whole thing was fucking choreographed and obviously the spanner in the works was the fact that their daughter fucking <laughs> starts telling the world how shitty they are as parents she goes more after the mom though which brings me to the other point how much of this is just the natural clash that happens between a teenage girl and their mother i mean oh, i haven't read a lot of parenting books because i don't have any kids but i'm pretty sure that the Teenage daughter mother clash is fucking enshrined in the constitution of growing up. Am I wrong right. or am I right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, we can only ask our, our friend Christina will tell us about that. And she's like, she goes through that with her. I think she, her daughter is a teenager. She's just about to be a teenager. But uh, she's like, fucking, yeah. Yeah. And I had that. <laughs> but with then my dad, she goes, and that's but like, I was the exact same to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a phase of development. Absolutely. And while, again, I am not defending Kellyanne Conway's, uh, you know, the way that she's expressing herself. I I got to imagine that there are some mothers that are being like I don't agree with it but I fucking get it because I've fucking I've lost my patience with my child and you know the the the, the sort of like the attitude of the teenager it's fucking yeah. it's tough to deal with sometimes yeah yeah no absolutely you kind of want you go you want Kellyanne Conway to start her own TikTok <laughs> and see the other side of it is like here's why I said I'm she's lucky I'm pro-life look at her look at her <laughs> yeah because you know she would get a lot of Democrat women on her, <laughs> she gets yeah, the women yeah. on her side <laughs> yeah but also like you know I just want to point out that because I was joking about this with Hannah this morning and uh even though Hannah knows that I got hit as a kid and we've obviously joked about it a lot yeah. but like you know, I got hit a lot as a kid from my mother. Like, there's nothing Kellyanne Conway is doing in that video. And by the way, I was three, four, five, six years old. I wasn't fucking 15, 16, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, I was telling Hannah, like, my mother would just grab a hanger and start fucking wailing on us for, like, yeah. you know, 30 seconds to a minute, you know? And it was, like, yeah. it was, like, really normal. Like, I was even explaining to Hannah that, like, the fact that Kellyanne Conway's video is on there and people are, like, horrified by her verbal abuse. Like, we'd be playing soccer, you know, I'd be six years old, 1981, 82, and out on the soccer pitch, and like some kid on the sidelines would be fucking around, and his dad would be smacking the shit out of him, and like it, nobody better than I lived. Or like in the <laughs> supermarket. Like, like yeah. I remember being in the supermarket, and you know, like even when I was older, so I'd be like 11 or 12, so my mother's not hitting me anymore, and I'd be seeing other parents, fathers and mothers, like smacking their kids, and it just seemed like totally yeah. normal. In fact, oh. it'd be like other parents being like, that's right. You show them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas now, yeah. now and like, all, par all parents would look at that kid and go, he's obviously a little shit. You know? Yeah, he <laughs> no fucking deserves it. The kid. Yeah, he deserves shit. it. Yeah. yeah. And the kid will grow up and 20 years later go, yeah, I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, certainly the kid like me will grow up and be like, yeah, I get it. It was fucked up. But like, mm. I don't feel like that's what fucked me up. You know, it was the psychological warfare that fucked me up, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but nowadays, I feel like if anybody, like I know for a fact, because I've seen it once or twice, like you see a scenario where somebody's kind of smacking a kid with what was once normal parenting, and it's, it is, it's bad, it's horrific when you watch it. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you can't believe that it was normal now when you see it through these, these modern eyes. Especially when you see the size difference sometimes. 
Yeah. Like I look, like I hold hands with my daughter walking down the road, and I kind of I realize that I'm a fucking giant to her. Like you know, and <laughs> you know, to to hit, to hit or reprimand or even just to even at her age, people would you know give her a little clip, or stop that or whatever, like that, or snap her on the hand or whatever. It's just, yeah, it's not cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you imagine that? Like part of your relationship was her fearing you. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've actually been through that in the last couple of days because I, I did uh, kind of lose my cool with her. But then I was like, yeah, but that, that's all right. She was being naughty and I, 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 I was angry, but I just told her about it, essentially. Oh, what, what she was doing was wrong. And of course, I'm getting fucking now. The, the, my other half is like worried now for the next three days, you know, that it's going to scar for life. She's not worried about boundaries and, you know, making sure she behaves herself. But she's worried about that time that I slightly lost my temper with well, her is going to scar for life. Keep that little fucker off TikTok. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Your career will be over. This is, yeah, yeah. you know, because it does make me laugh that like, you know, Twitter is full of this, like the horror of verbal abuse. And it's like, I yeah. get it. It is horrific. But you're also trying to make something more, you know, like, like it, it is, you know, is this now the thing that like everybody's going to start showing their fucking parents having a wobbler when they're teenagers? Oh, fuck, stop. You're freaking me out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like what the fuck are we going to do? Like, I'm even families, thinking about the arguments with my missus. <laughs> families, you can't, you can't judge family interactions in the same way. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if I fucking argued and spoke to other people the way I've spoken to my brothers, my brothers have spoken to me the way I've spoken to my parents, the way my parents have spoken to me. If you take that into outside the home, it comes across as fucked up. But I, there is, come on, you have to judge the family, the family dynamic a touch different. Oh, absolutely. I mean, families, we're, we're all fucked up. It's like the things that we say and do to each other is just like... And I was such a fucking up. asshole when I was a teenager. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine... If I had a camera on my parents, like how they would have had to kept their cool, I was such a I was such a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I sh- I broke my brother's nose once, like fucking. Yeah, when I was how old was I then? I was fourteen. <laughs> you know, it's just you broke your brother's you nose. That as a parent, yeah, yeah. Just fucking. <laughs> and to be fair, I stand by. He was doing a little. He was being a little shit, and he was just, you know, he was what he was doing. He was basically poking at me, so I would flip, and I was keeping it cool. He took my place on the PlayStation, basically, and he was he wouldn't let me sit back in my place. And I just, I didn't mean to do it on purpose. This is in Argentina. I just swung and fucking blood spraying everywhere, and my father lost his fucking we were in somebody else's house he lost his shit he locked me in the room for the rest of the day right <laughs> and then i visited that family that are friends of ours i visited them in 2016 so 16 years after the incident and it came up the incident came up at the dinner table and they're all like oh no Stephen, it's not right it's not right your father is crazy <laughs> <laughs> But That's funny, remember your brother that was, his temper. You obviously don't watch Real Housewives of Potomac because it's very interesting, the argument of how much provocation is acceptable for when it turns to violence. Wow. You know, you had a, you, you, it would have been a, a real question. It would have been a real moral dilemma for yourself and your brother. Was he physically yeah. poking you? He, uh, yeah, no, he was. Yeah, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, his nose looks great now. <laughs> but I mean, listen, I mean, I've talked about it many times and I know that there will be another big response to this. I could talk about it forever, but it is amazing how much parenting has changed in our lifetime. Yeah. Oh, fucking absolutely. And as I joke in my show, we're the last generation of people that were raised with hitting but are not allowed to hit our children. Yes. So yeah. these these Gen Zs that are complaining on Twitter about verbal abuse, which is great that that's how they perceive it, but they will never know how effective hitting actually was <laughs> so yeah. they will never miss it whereas we know how effective it was but we're oh, not absolutely. able to use it thank absolutely. god oh, speak of the I'm, devil I mean, can, can you hear this right now speak of the devil <laughs> gonna pause it for one second <laughs> steve has now gone to actually parent his child but the microphone is still on so steve's parenting is now under the microscope Wow, Steve. I, I, I'm personally going to say that 
you're putting your career before your child. <laughs> that is some bad parenting. And if you think if you think I fucking paused it, you got another thing coming, motherfucker. She just, <laughs> she, the difference in parenting these days, man. You, you're so right. Like she shushes me. Like she's three and a half. She shushes me. Who the she, fuck shushes their parents she, in the '90s? And then if I shush her, don't talk to me like that. It's she, like fucking. She, she shushes you like that. Um, Hannah, what was the name of the the girl who tried to? take her phone back off that guy thinking that he he robbed it Mia Ponsetto, they're calling her so, Soho Karen. Soho Karen, Mia Ponsetto. So, did you see that story, Steve? She she Soho she lost Karen, her no. phone and she was convinced right. that this black kid in a in like a gift shop of a Soho hotel in New York uh, right. had robbed her phone and she was literally trying to grab this kid's phone off her, off him. And he was like, "No, cuz it's his phone." And yeah. uh she she's now been arrested, but she was on Gail King. <laughs> Uh, you know, American presenter, and yeah, uh, yeah, Gail no. King was trying to talk to her, and she she was just like, sh- like, like zip to Gail King, like, like I'm speaking. No way, no. <laughs> zip, it. zip it, yeah, yeah. So that's what it's like raising your daughter. You get is she, is she related you're to Larry King? Soho Karen. What is she related to Larry no, King? No, I, I no, no. This is she's. It doesn't matter, Steve. It does. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So anyway, let me tell you. Let me tell you about this story, and then we're going to bring it all together on why what you said at the beginning, uh-huh. uh, come, it's going to come around full circle. So, first of all, I'm sure you didn't listen to last week's episode, right? No, I didn't. But I, I mean, I listened to enough. I, I was listening to it all week. It was pretty, pretty amazing week over here. I don't mean amazing in a great way. It was just quite no week. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I, 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 I dealt with it. We, this podcast is on the record as. Dealing with it in a in a thoughtful and uh, uh, what has been a well received manner. Okay, so we got a lot okay. of big comments. I wasn't testing had you listened to it because it's not actually about the mother and baby home part that I'm talking to you about. Right. I also told the story of my great grandfather, which I think I've told you about about Glengariff and the suicide, and that my my great aunt was was sent to one of these mother and baby homes. I think I had told you that story before. Okay, was that in your? But that was in. Um there's My dad a bit of it in James Mia, Bond. Well, yeah, but there's a, in Mia Mama. I mentioned it. You know the way in Mia Mama, right. I show the, yes. the clip of. Um, so you so yes. you know about that. So yes, th- 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 that's neither here nor there, right? But with the mother and baby home stuff, I had said last week that it got me thinking that like my mother's first cousin, this child that was born in this mother and baby home, who my mother's aunt Maureen was told had died, that this. Uh, this child might have just been adopted out, you know? Mm. So it got me thinking about Ancestry.com and the fact that when you're on Ancestry.com, which my mother had done with my brother Spit, you get all these cousins, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, it goes third and fourth cousins. And I have like so many fourth cousins, which we all do, obviously, because there's just a lot of spread yeah. of, uh, of the DNA. And uh, I was just wondering, like, some of these names, like, I have no idea who they are, and you go into their family tree, and it's like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah. So I got to thinking, like, maybe, just maybe, that kid, my mother's first cousin, was born and exists somewhere. But I had no idea. So it was just like, let me go back on Ancestry.com. So um, I go on Ancestry.com, and I hadn't been on in a while, and they've revised our DNA, so originally we were seventy six percent Irish, but right. in the in the revi- in the revised uh, stats of our DNA, we're now ninety two percent Irish. Oh wow! And actually, this caused me to lose a little faith in Ancestry dot com because yeah. I was thinking like my dad's dad was English, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. But the one thing about my dad's dad, which I think I may have told you, was that. Very late in my father's life, my father found out that his grandmother was Hilda May Bishop. I don't even know if he knew her her first name, but he did know because my cousin in Australia, my dad's nephew, had told me that we discovered that Hilda May Bishop had Stanley Bishop, my grandfather, without being married. Now, my father had lived his entire life, his whole 73 or 74 years, he lived thinking that, 74 years, he, he lived thinking that his grandfather had died in the Battle of the Somme, right? Which may or may not be true, but he did yeah. not know that his right. grandfather was not named Bishop 
that his last name was his grandmother's name. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. So, Remember you telling me this. Yeah, that was a surprise to us that yeah. Bishop is actually my great grandmother's name. And our great grandfather is still to this day completely unknown. It was the main motivation behind my mother wanting to do Ancestry.com because she was so fascinated by what fucking sneaky DNA is up in her kids. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> she was curious, you know, yeah. like, is this why we tan better than the average, uh, you know, uh, 76% Celtic fucking 24% uh, Western yeah. European? Um, so we were very disappointed when the results came back originally, the 76% was disappointing or the, the 24% because it was just like, oh, he was just some fucking English guy, obviously. And there's no mix up in the DNA. And, uh, but then the 92 comes in and I'm thinking like, Ooh, what, what the fuck's going on? So on top of this, uh, uh revision in my ancestry.com, a hint comes up. Is Hilda May Bishop your great-grandmother? So No way. Yeah, so this is how good Ancestry.com is, right? So Whoa. I click on Hilda May Bishop, and the, the 1911 census for Christchurch, Hampshire, comes up, and there is Hilda May Bishop, along with her eight brothers and sisters, Whoa. listed, right, their ages— and their parents. So my great-great-grandfather, William George Bishop, my great-great-grandmother, Charlotte Ann Reed. Okay? So this is the first time in my life I've ever, I, I've ever known my great-great-grandparents' wow. na- names. Right? Uh, so I'm now super fucking excited, even though all I really want to know is who the fuck my great-grandfather is. I now at least know who my great-great-grandfather is. His name is William George Bishop. Wow. Guess where he's from? Kildare. No way. Yeah. So That's Bishop crazy. It's an Irish name, which obviously we know plenty of Irish bishops, but I never knew that our bishop was Irish. I've spent my whole life, I've been alive 45 years, I've spent my whole life telling people I'm Irish, but actually my, great, my dad's dad was English, and Bishop is actually an English name. And I was wow. wrong. That's crazy. Now, I don't know if he's Protestant or Catholic. That's kind of irrelevant. I mean, you are, obviously, you hear William George Bishop, you think he might be Protestant, but you also yeah. have, yeah, but you also have no idea back in the, the late 1800s if, if yes. people were, you know, as hung up on the, you know, it might have been the opposite that actually you name your kids those names because you want to be like, you know, more connected. You know, yeah. I like, listen, I just don't know. It's not on yeah. the, it's not on the census form. I have not been able to find the facts of his birth. But I was fucking delighted. That's amazing. <laughs> I was so amazing. happy. And what's even worse is, well, not, not worse, but I feel kind of guilty because my brother remembers that my dad used to say that Stanley was part Irish. You know? Nice. Like yeah. his dad. But we were just like, that's my dad, you know, like my dad's wishful thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's been a romantic, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's like wishful thinking, like trying to make Stanley more Irish than he is, but he, like 100%, he was his grandfather. And so now he that's, was. That's not like, that's not nothing, you know? And do you know why your dad was saying that I also assume that he knew, he knew his grandfather. What? Do you, where, do you know why your dad was thinking that he was Irish, or do you think he knew that, that he, well, his, great, his grandfather was, I, I assume know. his, I, I assume his dad actually said that my grandfather right, was okay. Irish, but I don't know if my dad, you know, I, 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 I assume that there wasn't a lot of communicating going on because my dad never knew that his grandfather's name was Bishop from the, from the mother's side. So actually I would say Stanley probably didn't talk about it, but I would assume that Stanley, like I, I, I guarantee you that Stanley, it was probably all great secrets and shame. Yeah. Stanley probably never told my dad that I was born and raised in the house with my mom and her parents. He, he yeah. would have just said my, my, my my father died at the Battle yeah. of the Somme. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't have pointed okay. out that his grandfather was the bit, you know, like and my dad probably just never registered and then it was probably never spoken of again. And it's probably then really hard to get if, you're, if your great-great-grandfather was born in Ireland, you can't get a census on that, can you? Because of the they burnt all those papers between those years. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not there. But there is... There's 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 numerous British censuses where yes. he lists his birth as Kildare, 
But they, yeah, they and lost. He was, a lost gas, he was a gas works laborer. That's what's even cooler because right. on the census, it gives your occupation. I also found out that my great grand uncle Arthur died in Java, World War II. And no the, the, the military card, don't ask me why, it has Chinese characters on it. It's very interesting. So I know that, oh, he, no I know that he died because it says in the final thing, it, I, I don't know if it's condition or, li, li, you know, I don't know what it says, but the final corner of this card says Sawang, dead. Wow. Yeah. Wow, what connections? That's crazy, man. I'll but have here's, to do this thing. But here's why it got me thinking about identity. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why... Did it matter to me so much? Why does it fucking matter? What is it about my upbringing that made me want to reject the British part in the first place? And why am I so rejuvenated with the knowledge that I have more Irish DNA in me than I thought? What that? Surely that's fucked up, which brings us very much back to this concept of nationalism and why. It was it was going through my mind as you were telling the story that there's very much certainly a part of I know Irish American culture, but American culture in general, because of the nature of how the USA came together as a country, immigrants coming over that modern day Americans all they they just want to know what they are, don't they? You know, it's like like Hannah's Italian, isn't she? You know, it's very important to know the lineage and, and where you're from and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know, but definitely that part of culture. Yes, that part I completely accept. However, what we're talking about is the desire to reject part of yes. who I was based yeah. on a, an almost disappointment or a shame that part of my identity was British. I'm, I'm the same, man, because my, like, my father was born in, in, the, uh, in Southampton, so Irish immigrants over there, but that's always on the... On the hush, and he would never want to be called English. Like he's been Irish all his life. He grew up here since he was two. You know, Irish passport, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I would never want. I would never tell anybody I had English blood. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, it's not just, to mention I was born shame. in London. I was born in London, That's and right. I've, I've resented my parents for that my whole life. <laughs> I know it's crazy. And I it's found crazy. my baptism because myself and my, my I was looking. We were looking through some papers. Aiden Aiden needs some documents, so I was going through my mother's old papers. And I found my, my baptism certificate. And I was born on November 12th, 1975. And I was baptized like December 12th or December 14th, 1975 in St. Andrews in New York. So I wasn't even a month old and they were back. So it's like you couldn't have wow. fucking gotten a plane when you were three months pregnant. I had to Hold it together, mother. I had to suffer this fucking stain my whole life. But actually, <laughs> I want to call myself out on that. I'm basically saying that it's fucked up that I thought it was a stain. And I yeah. actually think that you know, this is something that is very important for people because there are elements of this. Obviously, some of this is quite funny, kind of innocuous, but there are elements of this, this identity stuff that's driving a lot of our problems. And even oh, though so people, people throw out the word identity politics as a mm. dismissive concept, but they mm. don't see their own obsession with their own identity, what they find important about their own identity as actually part of what's driving that. They just see it as, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, cancel culture and all that. They, they think the only part of identity politics is cancel culture and all this supposedly negative stuff that people like to bring up, political yeah. correctness. They don't yeah. figure in the fact that actually they're quite hung up on their identity. They actually feel like their identity is being challenged 
And that's just as much of a problem as perhaps the argument that some people are, are too rigid, right? Which was oh, part of the positive message that Biden was putting across, which is basically like we need to, you know, we need to be open to everybody. And that just doesn't, you know, I, I know that some people heard that and was like, yeah, you people need to understand me. But what they don't realize is we all need to understand <laughs> each other. Yeah, But yeah. it does I'm- come back to this weird sense of being so hung up on identity and its importance. I mean, if you, if you, as we were talking earlier on about the World War I stuff, like one of the causes that they have down as one of the causes for World War I is stereotypes, is that media would, you know, put out propaganda in all the different countries. So the British would write about the Germans as cold-hearted. The, um, the Germans would write about the Russians as barbaric, as, you know, and they would, they would create these stereotypes of all these different types of people. Eventually, obviously, you know, in a much more extreme level than you're probably ever going to find happen in Europe today, eventually that leads to war and it leads to we want this land and you know imperialism was happening at the time so they just wanted to fund their country so africa wasn't developed so all these european countries are fighting with each other to get the countries in africa so that they can get all the resource and bring it back to their own country but how that arguing and all well yeah i guess they call that like otherism right or the sense of you know othering another group of people to make them different to you which is means well that you make them beneath you they're beneath us they're not yeah, as cultured as we are national. we're better yeah but the I poor mean, germans like, i mean they never i mean obviously the, the stereotyping of the german as 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 cold-hearted uh, has faded, thank God, but it still doesn't change the fact that if you're a German in the front row of comedy club, some fucking hack is going to make a joke about the fact that they were laughing and they're surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's such a hack. <laughs> I, always, <laughs> I always say to them, do you know that famous German stand-up comedian? And they go like, no. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know. We've all done it. Listen, hey, I'm not judging you. You're not judging me. We've all fucking, we've all done it. We've all had an English guy in the front row at the International and fucking, yeah. you know, made, yeah. made a joke thought, or two. lovely. They'll get the room going. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so true. And it's so true of what, I don't know if you saw in the... Um, the editor of the Evening Standard, I can't remember his name. He used to be the Chancellor for the ex- Exchequer in, in London. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. But he wrote a very interesting piece that they put in the Irish Times today that, you know, essentially <clears throat> Ireland, United Ireland is going to happen soon. So th- to have this written from the British side is like a huge first, I think. Yeah. But, and, 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 um, and, and that actually, that's why this shows why it's so important at this crossroads in time to really put a check on this concept of identity, but in, in, what, in terms of what you're talking about, Irish identity. Because I'll just yeah. give you another example. Today, did you see the, the Telegraph guy? You, oh, I, 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 I told you that, right? Didn't we, we started that, right? At the beginning of the what podcast? Telegraph guy? The tweet about Joe Biden while he... While he yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, okay. Yeah. I just, All the positive reasons. That, yeah, 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 yeah. So... Twitter fucking lit up, you know? And I even, I knew it would be a hot tweet. I wasn't missing out. I'd already five hours late because I'm five hours behind. So fucking Dara Breen and fucking Blind Boy already got all the fucking likes on the easy tweet, you know? Because like, like <laughs> you know that a fucking, an English person fucking up about Irish history is going to fly on Twitter. Right? Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, get your fuck like. this, I'm late, but I'm fucking... I'm throwing yeah. mine down. So I was like, uh, this guy doesn't understand Irish Americans if he thinks that they're going to associate f- the, the famine with anything positive, whatever the fuck I tweeted. Of course, it did great. Loads of comments. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm indulging in it, right? Uh, but I, it, it actually was part of what was making me think that like, at some stage, we have to stop this indulgence. Because I understand it's frustrating that English people don't understand Irish history. English people are ignorant of their involvement in Irish history and how it relates to them. All that stuff. It's, 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 it's fair enough to be upset. But we have to stop just... No, I, actually, we have to stop is the wrong thing. We all have to check ourselves and question, why do I care so much? Because yeah. moving forward... Like Ireland has to be less traditional in its identity, not just because there may or may not be a united Ireland, but there's been other big fucking stories lately that show you that a modern Ireland is not the traditional identity that we once knew. And surely it's positive to have the identity evolve to the point where everybody feels connected to it. 
you have to like Ireland is coming to a point that it's going to have to as a nation has to embrace unionism the Republic of Ireland is going to have to embrace unionists you know and like they're they're and it's difficult for them because their identity is completely getting taken away now because essentially England and, and that's what that's what this guy wrote today like England doesn't care about Northern Ireland no one cares that that like you you've been in if 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 um the DUP made the massive mistake of rejecting Theresa May's deal, which ironically would have meant that there would have been no border in the sea separating them from the UK. Now the deal that they've got is they're completely cut off from the UK. Yeah, and they and can't fucking get any Marks Expensive pre-made dinners. No, they can't, and it's it's you know they're fucked basically. But the the reality is that nobody in England cares about it, and yet the unionist identity in Northern Ireland is based on we want to be part of the union. Let alone the fact Scotland are trying to get out of it as well. Um, so all these identity, like it's all falling apart. Everything that we knew so well for so long is is falling apart. And when, like you're right, what, why do we care? Like what is, the, you know, Northern Ireland will probably just by, not because Sinn Féin did anything at all, but more actually because English nationalists wanted to wanted to get out of the EU that yeah, Ireland for, is going for to For reasons united. that didn't even matter. But like, whatever, we could go down a rabbit hole of that. But I mean, I know why I care. I mean, I was raised to fucking care because I literally was raised to not like Protestants. I mean, th- yeah, th- this course. is a fact. I, I know we've talked about it before. I think we've talked about it on this podcast. Yes, but, yeah, yeah. But we've definitely talked about it. And I've said in interviews, my mother literally told me to distrust Northern Irish Protestants. <laughs> I told you the story about the, 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 mother, the kids with their mom, right? Didn't I tell you that story? Oh, you did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, literally, the the minute that woman left, my mother was like, yeah, but she's a Northern Irish Protestant. She literally put it in my fucking head that these were bad people. Now, my my juvenile distrust of Protestants is going to have no real bearing on fucking the future of Irish society. But if if my 3,000 miles away fucking upbringing from Ireland left me with, with that residue of prejudice, right— like, of course, people that are even closer to it are going to have more of it, right? Yeah. So yeah. how how does one start to embrace a more inclusive modern identity while at the same time not feeling like you're losing anything? That's And, and I think that the bigger challenge is for unionists not to feel like they're losing something. Yeah. I don't know how I you think, do that. I, 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 yeah, it's, I mean... I mean, you're watching everyday politics and people dying in Northern Ireland because of coronavirus, and and there's such a divide between you know the power sharing government that they can't they can't agree on anything, and they like they can't run basic day to day things. So I don't think people understand how deep the divide is up there, and and at the same time, the whole thing that their identity is built up in. It doesn't really exist anymore. The union is ceasing to I exist. I know, but this is the problem. We're so dismissive of their identity. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, the thing. When I was up there and I was doing the Join the Hood with the the UVF, the whole time in the back of my mind, I was like, what do you people fucking really believe in, you know? And mm. and 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 even uh, the, the guy, I'm not going to name him, but the guy that was like, let us in there, a very important figure, even because I don't know if we, maybe we did use the interview. I don't want to put words in his mouth. It doesn't really matter. But he was basically of a similar mindset that they're not really that sure what their identity is. But then at the same time, it's like, if we're just dismissive of their identity, surely we're already, we're already far apart. That's, isn't that already a problem? I think there's, there's, I mean, if you're to break down the, the, the ideology behind it, you can, you know, which, which you can, and you like, as I've even just said there, that like the union doesn't really exist anymore. But you you definitely have to still find a way for for there to be an Ireland where by they are doing their orange marches and they keep up their traditions and they do everything they want and and that's fine and that's accepting I mean, of of who they are you know I mean I'm of the opinion that they're better off in 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 a united Ireland like a hundred percent I'm 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 of that opinion but I don't know how you sell it but let me just put out another point. I'm not just talking about the United Ireland part. I'm also talking about the more multicultural Ireland part. And yes. that's a more recent phenomenon. And even in a short space of time, you can see the division that that creates. I mean, you saw, I mean, Hosier put out these words about what happened to this, uh, you know, this, this, this kid in, in Blanchettstown, uh, 
what is it, George in, in, in Kensho? George and Kensho, yeah. Yeah. So I used to live on on, on his road where he where Yeah, he, and I mean I, I, I just find that tragic in, in, in so many ways. I'm I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it, but Hosier did make the really important point, uh, you know, which more than anything, uh or sorry, not more than anything, but certainly what we can see clear as day. Because obviously everyone has their opinions on what happened and what shouldn't or shouldn't happen, right? I'm not going to get into that. But what was clear was that there was a strong, racist, nativist uh, cabal of people online that push misinformation. And he made the point that one of the challenges of our time is to push against that, right? Mm. And, And I don't mean that in a fucking liberal PC way. I just mean that that's hate. And that's more prevalent than we thought. And we need to tackle that. And I feel that that is part of this. A different challenge, but similar in the sense of how do we broaden out Irish identity to be more inclusive so that everybody feels a part of it? Because pushing that community, pushing the, the Irish Nigerian community or you know people of color, pushing them to the, the sense that they feel it's us and them is also unhealthy. Yes, of course. Why are we and gonna it, Why are we gonna just push push the future into more conflict? A lot of it, and it's such, it, this is such a cliche, but a lot of it is education. Like I've had an incident only this week in a WhatsApp group when somebody used a word about a a, a, a race of people and didn't realize that it was a racist slur. And this is a forty year old person, you know. Yeah. Um, so. And that's in, in in modern Ireland. It's kind of like, and also I think not that I'm predicting negative. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be that way. But I lived in London for many years, where there's very clear areas of the different um, ethnic groups living in in different areas. And while I would say majority, it goes really well. There's still loads of problems, you know. And they've been doing it for a lot longer than has been going on in Ireland. So it's yeah, it is the challenge of our time. Not to mention what you've added there is like the the online culture because yes, there's a lot of hate out there, but this ability for everybody to say whatever they want all the time, and it's uh, and this free speech for everybody online. Well, there is lots of negatives to that. Yeah. There is there, which there's is, lots which, of pe- which is, people can find their groups to hate together with. You know, well, which is actually another discussion that I want to have. Mm. But I do think that that part of this is to just like. We, I think we really need to open up conversations about Irish identity because, first of all, Irish identity is quite popular all over the world. I mean, it's 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 not a nothing brand, Ireland. Oh, it's big, big. Uh, you know, and it's, it makes it's a, a lot of money. Yeah, but it's a wonderful thing, Irish identity. It's unique. It's a small country with an outsized influence around the world. There's so much to be proud of about about being Irish, and I just think that if you get stuck on what Irish identity is, because Irish identity has evolved over time. You know, you literally, yes. which is why I thought that this would bring this back nicely, you literally pointed out that people didn't identify as Irish, they were part of clans, yeah. you know, yeah. and slowly... It's you a know, new concept. Yeah, yeah slowly the, the nation state, you know, which was, which was you know, uh, for a while Irish identity became the us and them of, of the oppressor, you know, and now it has evolved into this, this modern Irish identity, and now it has the, the two you know well many new challenges including multiculturalism including uh the 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 fucking you know century and a half old problem of what what's going to happen with the the unionist population in the north like all these things are not going to be resolved by being stuck on this this rigid view of what irish identity is like so i do actually have to question the question i think people need to ask themselves is what do i lose by allowing the broadening of what it is to be Irish. Why do I get so fucking upset, you know, yeah. when this yeah. concept of uh, Ireland and Irish history is, is challenged or people are wrong? You know, I, yeah. I, I think it's actually a good thing for people to question because it yeah. just opens up space for the thing to change. I think the two things there, I, I think, like, in, in my very short time, for example, back in education, 
like learning about Ireland, I'm like blown away how, but like these whole concepts that, that I had of Irish identity, if you look look back at it, even a hundred years, you realize, oh, hold on a second, it's uh, look how much it's changed, look how much it's been in flux, look how much, and then you go back another hundred years and you realize, whoa, this is really new, this has just been created recently. But I think that's the key word is 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 creation. I think if you move forward creating a new Ireland all the time and you kind of invent a new way of going forward um, I think that's great like even little things like Leo Varadkar is uh, passing policy now for people to work at home that you you have to be like by law you should be able to work at home if you request it and it's gone to a, a judiciary and you know it's all cool and blah blah blah, blah. You, there's now laws to enable people to work at home um, but that's a, that's a new Ireland in itself because you think, think of how that will uh, change the way where people live in the country. You don't. You no longer have to be commuting to Dublin anymore. You can now live in the countryside. You might have work hubs in small towns with great internet access because now you can live cheaper somewhere else, but still be connected uh, to the world to do your work. And you've regenerated rural Ireland by doing stuff like that. You know, so because little because yeah, Zoom is a world without borders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're at, it's an advertisement for Zoom, guys. <laughs> we need a sponsor. We need a sponsor. <laughs> we, we're here. Not we. We're not. We're recreating Irish identity by taking away the division because Zoom <laughs> jumps across it all. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I just think little little things like that. They're going to have huge influence on the way that you work and the way we interact with each other. Things like that. You just gotta you gotta embrace them. And, and I, I also want to point out to all our listeners, that this concept of challenging what your identity is would be very healthy for all of us at a time where people have become quite entrenched in their identities. It's a good time to question yourself of why am I so hung up on certain aspects of my identity, you know, because you'll find out so much about yourself and about society by questioning those things. And I hold my hand up and say that there are many times in my life where I've had to challenge my identity. A lot of my my views have changed, and I am sure that that will continue. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That is our message for today, Steve. That was a good one. That was it was, good it was one. circular. And you didn't even know. To... That's what's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was divine. This yeah, was yeah. A, a this was, there was There was fate behind this conversation. <laughs> Yuan Fen. Very philosophical. Yuan Fen, as the Chinese say. Destiny behind this conversation. What is it? Yuan Fen. Yuan Fen, yeah. Yuan Destiny. Fen. It's it's it was predestined that this conversation Absolutely. would come full circle. You you brought up your usual boring fucking college shit about World <laughs> War One. And uh, I'm obsessed with philosophy, by the way. Fucking oh, hell. Yeah, we got we, we got we got we got more conversations to drive. I, I, I know last week you didn't want to talk to Mother and Baby Home, so that's fair enough, you know? I, yeah, I, 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 well, do you know what? Because what happened in Ireland in the last week, and to be fair, hats off to Joe Duffy, he's been amazing. Mm. He's just had all most journalists haven't really been saying much and there's been a lot I mean they've been analysing the report but it's just been mainly listening to the victims and that's just been such an education in itself that every day you hear a new story that you go fuck yeah hell. fucking hell but I have yeah. to say I'm glad I, I'm glad the podcast discussed it because we did get a lot of a lot of great feedback and I, I, I as I said last week I think it's important even though you sometimes you question like who ca- you know what do I have to say but it's like we all have our thoughts about it, so you yeah, might as yeah. well express it. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, am sorry that we haven't chatted in a few weeks because I was ranting and raving about Trump and everything else. So I, I needed you back to fucking lighten the mood, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a heavy time. Well, I look, I hope it uh, changes for the better for you guys now in the next positive hope moving forward and all that in the next few weeks. Yeah, we hope shall this see. is a good vibe over there. All right. Well, don't forget to, to follow Steve at Hello Steve-O. He's yep, back in college. Any about college, college for homework. Any college questions? <laughs> yeah, uh, any forward college Forward them questions. to Steve. Uh, any, I have any... to fill out my CAO, Des. <laughs> oh, do you actually have to fill out your CAO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you part of this, uh, you know, delay the leaving cert group? No, we don't have to do a leaving cert because we're, it's all like an assignment-based uh, assessment for us anyway. Ah, but, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh God! So, uh, 
So when are you when yeah. are you when are you doing your CAO? Well, because yeah, I'm a mature student, I have to have it done before February the first. So I actually have it done, but I have to do fill out oh, a man, couple of I other bits. I've, I've, done, did, I've done my choices. I would have loved to have done an episode because the pressure that the Irish education system puts you under to fucking don't get your order wrong. Is it still the same thing? Oh, where it's so bad with the order, order man. Yeah, so we it's had, like we don't, had three hours of lectures on the fucking order last week, <laughs> man. Because it was like don't put because if you put a course that. You don't want to do as much, but as higher points, and you get that one, you can't pick the one below it. No, you can't. Yeah. Once, basically, the rule they taught us is like, if you get, uh, if you get one, say you get your second place offer and you didn't get your first, or whatever, if you get your first, as soon as you get that one, everything disappears. Everything That's disappears. It. Everything so it's disappears. like put the aspirational stuff first. That's what they told us back in the day. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you're, you, if 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 your absolute dream is to do medicine in Trinity, put it at the top, even though you absolutely know you're not getting those points. You just yeah. never know. Put it at the top because what if you got it? What's your number yeah. one choice, Steve? Oh, you're going to laugh. Well, you, well, you did English, history, English, English literature history, and history. So I, I'm, my first choice is English literature and philosophy. In Trinity. Trinity, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, the Trinity, all my first five choices were Trinity. Right, yeah. I only and they're they're saying to fill it out with ten, but I mean the reality is, if I don't like, I put the, a couple in UCD, but I'm like I'm not going anywhere. I'm not traveling anywhere, so I'm not moving family or house. There's like make sure you fill out for UCC and and Galway and blah blah. No, it's not happening. I'm not. Yeah, moving. well, I had well my realistic what I wanted to do was history in Trinity. You know, Trinity is very different. It's not just a general arts. You know, so the the course that I wanted was uh, history in. Uh, Trinity. Now, I was in a, a bit of a baby boom, you know, so right. the points were actually had gone up quite a bit. But when I, uh, you know, when I did the leaving in '94, uh, the year I repeated, so under history in Trinity, I had put geography and economics, which was less points than history, but I put it down as a as a oh, fuck it, I'll just I'll go to Trinity kind of a thing. And then under that, I had arts in UCC. So on the first round, I got arts in UCC. But then on the second round, you know, so you know, they, 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 the second yeah. round comes, I got offered geography and economics. Now that doesn't wipe out, that doesn't wipe out underneath. So I right. picked UCC. So, but now I had the option to not go to UCC and go to Trinity. And I nearly fucking went to Trinity to do geography and economics, even though I had no interest in geography and economics, just yeah. to go to Trinity because I was obsessed with Trinity as an yeah. Irish American. Yeah. But my luckily, my cousin, who's a professor of nutrition in Trinity, said, "Don't pick the college, pick the course." So yeah, I, everyone I, says the exact same. Four years is a long time. Like, yeah, you got to pick the course. Yeah. Well, my yeah. degree was only three years. No, it did take me four, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I just did Trinity and UCD for the same. So, like, second choice is English literature on its own, and then uh, same for UCD, basically. So. Well, you'll get it because these fucking mature students always get jumped to the head of the class. Well, yeah, because they, with the Trinity the Access Program is actually a, a facilitated entry. So there is like spaces for us. And obviously, fuck all people want to do philosophy. So um, there's loads of spaces there for it. I think um, DOD so did philosophy. Right. Huh? I think DOD did philosophy. Really? Trinity. I think so. But don't quote me on that. I can totally see how it would work with stand-up for sure. Anyway, yeah, for sure. Oh, you, might as well, you might as well do something with all this bullshit that you're never going to use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. All right, yo, let's, let's hit the road. Great app. Absolutely. Uh, well done, bro. I'm, I'm going to wrap soon. it up here too. Just, just You okay. stay on the line for a sec while I wrap it up. Don't okay. forget to follow me at Des Bishop, Facebook.com forward slash Des Bishop, at Des Bishop on Twitter, where I've been a bit more active lately, uh, back in the cauldron of Twitter. And uh, do give us... Uh, Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for your reviews. They're great. Um, and we, we love those reviews. It helps us in the charts where we've been doing a bit better lately. Uh, tell everybody about the podcast. Uh, spread the word. Take a screenshot of your Spotify. And we'll be back next week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Steve. Chat to you Peace soon. Peace out. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.